following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Monday, September 24th. I'm Josh Dunn. I am joined by both of my crew, Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer. Dan, it sounds like uh, some good news out of Cleveland, at least for you, number one pick. Yeah, looks like Baker Mayfield expected to be announced the starter for the Cleveland Browns going forward. Uh, first reported by Mary Kay Gabbett over the weekend. Uh, Hugh Jackson supposed to talk to the team today and uh, reports to the media after that. So c- good news coming soon. I'm sure that's got you feeling all good. How about you, Anshu? How you doing over there? Uh, been better, you know. My team left me in the win column yesterday, so that's unfortunate, but, you know, uh, at least, uh, I don't know. It sucks. There's yeah. no good stuff. I hear you. We're not, uh, we're not too far off. Two bad right. performances for our teams yesterday. Um, oh. but there was a lot of football and, and yesterday was a very weird day in the NFL. There was a big upset with the Buffalo Bills putting a whooping on the Minnesota Viking. There was a lot of oddities that, that happened out of yesterday's game. So let's kind of start there. This was the biggest spread uh, in the NFL season so far, this young NFL season, I think it was a 16-and-a-half-point line there as Minnesota was favored. And Josh Allen and company come in and, and lead Buffalo to a victory. I know you and I, Anshu, had this one in our survivor pools as Minnesota was, you know, really Whoops. expected to walk away with this one. What did you see here out of Buffalo? Obviously, there's been a lot out of this team. You know, Vontae Davis retiring at halftime this season. You know, you've got an injury with uh, LaShawn McCoy, who doesn't even play in this one. I did I did not see this coming. I mean, what do we make of this Buffalo win? Is it more about Buffalo getting a win, or is it more about Minnesota showing that maybe they're not as good as we thought they were? Uh, I honestly take the latter a little bit. I mean, I look, the Bills, you got to hand it to them. They go up 27 nothing, and, uh, you know, obviously a dominant defensive performance. Jerry Hughes had 15 pressures, I think I saw. Just an absurd total uh, for a one-man wrecking crew who's kind of undersized. So impressive work there, um, you know. And this is a Bills team that didn't even have its best player by far in Lashawn McCoy. So when you think about it that way, it's just insane to me that they did what they did—not just to win, but to blow out the Vikings, a team that everyone agrees is very, very solid. Probably stays that way, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that one thing you can take away absolutely is that that offensive line for the Vikings is going to be a real problem. They now have a short week. They have to go to the Rams on Thursday night, and uh, you know the Bears going two and one. I, you know, I'm not saying the division's getting away from the Vikings, but it could be. They could be staring a sub 500 start right in the face. Yeah, I mean, Dan, this is uh, this is interesting for this Vikings team. Obviously, Kirk Cousins has been kind of a career pedestrian type of quarterback, and he looked it yesterday. I mean, he couldn't get things going. He had two big fumbles in this one early on, and it kind of put the game away from the start. Uh, do you have anything to add here as we look at Minnesota, as you kind of, you know, thinking of them as one of the best defenses in the NFL, and, and Buffalo comes in and did what they did? I was, I was just super surprised by that. 
Well, he may have played pedestrian, but he's not getting paid to be a pedestrian quarterback. So <laughs> Amen. That is, and, and we talked uh, a lot earlier in the year and uh, before the season started of whether Kirk Cousins was somewhat a, a product of the system or if he could really fl- flourish in uh, Minnesota. I mean, we saw three guys play well in Minnesota here previously before uh, he got back, and it almost looked like a system you could plug somebody into, but all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins looking very, I don't even know if pedestrian seems like a compliment at this point. Yeah, 55 I, passes for under 300 yards yesterday, guys, in addition to the turnovers Josh said. Yeah, it was a total embarrassment. Uh, you know, we'll see what uh, Minnesota does to bounce back. Obviously, they were they were kind of thought of as one of the teams in the NFC that could be one of the strengths and uh, really kind of one of the Super Bowl contenders, but uh, it, it, we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back on a short week. Uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of fun games early on in the day. Uh, not so fun for me, and we'll get to our zero bias with the Packers and Bengals. But uh, this Saints Falcons game was interesting. You know, it was back and forth. Uh, it ended up going into overtime. Drew Brees with uh, you know didn't look like a 39 year old on that uh, on that game winning touchdown as he went over the entire defensive line to kind of seal it for the Saints. What did you guys see? Out of this Saints team and this win, I mean, I, I think uh, the Falcons looked like they were in control. A huge day from Calvin Ridley, who had 146 yards and three touchdowns, and he's starting to look like, you know, he was worth the first-round pick after a slow game one. But what did you guys see out of this Saints team? Dan, we'll start with you. Well, first of all, thoughts and prayers uh, to you for having Calvin Ridley on your fantasy bench. Uh, so appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that benching. But Real relatable. Yeah, this <laughs> – <laughs> this, this New Orleans team, I mean, you have to figure out a defense at some point. I, I mean, I know they had they have aspirations to try to make a Super Bowl run, but if you're going to keep getting 30 points dropped on you, there's just no chance you're going to be able to do that. So you mentioned you know, Drew Brees looks great. Father time does not look like he's catching up to him anytime soon. Um, you know, three touchdowns for him, a 120 QB rating yesterday. I mean, just out of this world performance. But they have to figure out what they're doing defensively. Yeah, aren't you? I mean, the Falcons now one and two. Uh, you know, this was a game they 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 looked like they should have won. Julio Jones with a quiet day, but you know they're in a position now where they're going to go, you know, take on the Bengals next week and a, kind of a must win for both teams in my eyes. But uh, do you think this Falcons team is still a playoff contender or, or maybe a pretender at this point? Um, I well, I said it before when they lost those two guys to injuries. Uh, you know, Keanu Neal and Deion Jones, they were going to have massive issues defending anybody. Um, you know, this is this is a problem. They give up 43 here. Um, they lose a, Ricardo Allen, another corner this week to injury. Looks like he's out for the season. I mean, they're just it's just not sustainable. Um, I don't think that the Falcons are anywhere near a playoff team at this stage. I, impressive work by Matt Ryan and coming back from Dan. What we talked about that first game, he looked awful. But, um, you know, that, to me, this is a team that's a disaster. I and I honestly talk about the saints they're two and one they could easily be zero and three i mean if the browns make a kick that's you know that's a loss and you know this is this is another game that takes them to overtime to to hold off this falcons team that has no defensive players standing so um i'm not super high on either of these teams right now i thought the saints were a really good team coming in so i know they get mark ingram back here soon but it's not looking great for either of them and especially not for the falcons yeah, they still are waiting to see what's going to happen with Devontae Freeman. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman didn't look great yesterday either. This Falcons team has a great offense, but with all the injuries to your de- your defense that they're suffering at this point, it just, 
you know, it, it's not looking great for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm uh, going to run through a few quick ones, and then we're going to touch on a big injury. But I, I wanted to run through a few quick ones and see if you guys had anything that uh, kind of caught your eye with these ones. So um, we talked a little bit about the Bills-Vikings, but we had the Dolphins beating the Raiders to go to 3-0. and I'm interested to hear if you guys think they're a real contender this year. Uh, the Eagles beat the Colts 20-16 to in Carson Wentz's return. Wendell Smallwood, Smallwood looked good with uh, the Eagles' top two running backs both injured. Uh, the Titans win a snooze fest against the Jaguars. Neither team could get any offense going. They win this one in a 9-6 or better yet, 6-9. Uh, and then the Ravens beating yes. the Broncos 27-14 to in a game that uh, really there was not much going on in the second half of. Any of these games, guys, uh, really stand out to you as we looked at the early slate yesterday? Dan? Um, I mean, the big one was obviously seeing how Carson Wentz looked uh, coming, coming back from injury. To me, he still looked... Uh, yeah, a little slow, a little rusty. I mean, threw some balls behind guys. So hopefully he, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, hopefully he can he can make an adjustment and figure that out. But uh, he did not look great. Hopefully it's just shaking the rust off. And the other one is obviously the Raiders lost their 0-3. They have to go play the Browns uh, in Baker Mayfield next week. And so that'll be an interesting one if they can try to right the ship against the Browns. But, you know, we talked about it last week, and I had said I, I think that loss of Khalil Mack is more important than – People are giving it credit for that team just looks terrible. And, and another loss to uh, this Dolphins team that I know you said contender pretender. Uh, I would I would lean towards pretender, but if Kenny St- you know Kenny Stills and company can keep just producing touchdowns left and right, uh, if Brian Tannehill can you know maybe he comes back to earth at some point or maybe he continues just you know throwing two or three touchdowns a game. But I lean towards pretender, but uh, you know a couple more wins and I'll I'll flip that to contender. On you, anything to add there? One game I did leave out. The Giants ended up beating the Texans. That was another game that uh, was kind of close down the stretch, and Deshaun Watson just couldn't get it done. But uh, those 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 early round uh, slates of games, there were a lot of close ones. But uh, that that Jaguars game in in particular to me stood out. I mean, this is a team that kind of puts a whooping on New England, and we'll we'll still it's yet to see how for real they are after losing to the Lions last night. Uh, but this Jaguars team losing nine to six to a Titans team that was without Mariota for most of the game, he ends up having to come in in relief of Blaine Gabbard, who goes down with a concussion. Uh, but that was the one that stood out to me. I just I don't know what to make of the Jaguars after losing this one in a game that you know I don't think anyone really expected the Titans to get to pull off. Yeah, classic letdown by the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, they don't have one in front net, but still, you got to win that. I think actually Mariota ended up playing a lot of the game, but you know he's obviously not at a hundred percent. This Titans team is kind of sneaking around, and you know they're not doing it in super sexy forty-point fashion, but they're you know they've won some scrappy games. That defense under Mike Brable is a lot better, so I'd beware of the Titans right now for sure. Um, Miami, just to respond to Dan, first of all, good call on Oakland, Dan. Um, and second of all, Miami's three wins are Tennessee uh, at the Jets and then Oakland at home. So, I, you know, I'm definitely leaning pretender. They go at New England, at Cincinnati, Chicago, Detroit, at Houston. I'm not buying that team at all, but we'll know a lot more in the next month and a half or so. Um, the, one that, the one random thing that caught my eye is on the game that Dan pointed out with Carson Wentz, and it's on the other side. Andrew Luck, 25 of 40. Only 164 yards with those 40 passes. That is, I know he did break off a 33-yard run, still has the athleticism, but, I mean, 
the dude cannot get the ball down the field. Last play of the game, Jacoby Brissett comes in and has to throw a Hail Mary because Luck doesn't have the arm strength to do it. Um, to me, that's a huge sign, a red flag for the Colts who are now one and two. If Luck can't get the ball down the field on one given pass at the end, uh, you know, it doesn't really bode well, especially because their number one weapon is T.Y. Hilton, who's known to get, you know, be a downfield threat. So, uh, not looking great for the Colts right now. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned not looking great for the Colts. The Texans also, things are not looking great for them. The Giants were, again, another team we expected to kind of come in. And, you know, we know they have weapons on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, this Giants team, you know, they lose to Dallas, who's been terrible so far this season. Uh, They come in and beat the Texans on the road in a game that really Deshaun Watson looked pretty good in for the majority of it. So that was another surprise to me as the Texans now drop to 0-3. And, you know, this is a team a lot of people thought had the talent to get into the playoffs this year, uh, but they're not looking like it at this point in the season uh so uh uh aren't you excuse me let's let's touch on our uh, zero bias games and i want to hear dan's perspective as an outsider so the packers drop one to washington uh rogers was really hobbling around for most of this game they get aaron jones back who looked pretty good in spurts but you know this this uh this packers team now sits at one one and one one and one just like your uh cleveland browns dan what do you make of this packers team obviously aaron Rodgers, you know like I said, hobbling, but uh, it's going to it's gonna really depend on his health, I think, when you look forward. Yeah, hand up. I got this one way wrong. I had said I thought Washington, the Packers were still going to win this game. Um, but it, they, you know, if you would have asked me three weeks in the season what the Browns and Packers have the same record, I would have laughed in your face. I didn't think that was a realistic possibility at all. So, yeah, I mean, Rodgers just, just does not look good. Anshu, I know you had mentioned you thought he had a torn ACL. I mean, I would. I am not surprised that he is playing on a much more serious injury that is being let on. And I'm curious, after I finish up, to hear your thoughts on whether you'd rather just sit him and let him get healthy or let him continue to play on one leg. But this Washington team, uh, the resurgence of Adrian Peterson is something that I don't think any of us expected. I mean, he goes 19 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and been playing well all season. So uh, good for him for for making a comeback. I mean, he's got to be up for a comeback player of the year. Aren't you? I've got to hear your thoughts. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Rodgers. I know you have this theory out there that he's playing on a torn ACL. Uh, You know, at times he, he was out of the pocket scrambling, but there was definitely a limp there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, he, if he doesn't have a torn ACL, he has a type of injury that should bench him for at least a month. So Dan, I think that your thoughts on that are well-founded. Like I, I could totally see the rationale behind you know letting him sit a week they have buffalo at home this week but right now at one one and one they don't really have that luxury to do that um so it'll be interesting to see you know they have san francisco and then a bye week in week six and seven after playing at detroit i wouldn't be shocked if they just ice him for that san francisco game especially a niners team that doesn't have jimmy garoppolo on monday night a game i will be in attendance for so it'd be all too perfect if rogers wasn't playing but uh (laughs) you know those two weeks would be would be i think would help him a ton because you guys are right i mean he just looks awful he i mean not in terms of his arm talent still totally got it this team did not do him any favors around him but you know so many drops so many they have not had three drops in a game uh with all with first down implications in over like four years is what i saw from espn so um you know randall cobb just totally out of character two first down drops and a fumble on the last drive as they're mounting a comeback uh lance kendrick's wide open down the field drops just an automatic you know 40 yard gain so you know credit to the skins they looked awesome i thought that they took advantage of the packers lack of safety coverage 
especially early on and then just sort of hung on. But, and then, you know, as Dan said, Adrian Peterson looked good as well. Packers lose Muhammad Wilkerson. I mean, it's, it's not as dire as like the Falcons right now, I would say, but one, one and one is not where you want to be after these three opponents. So it'll be Packers are a team to watch because they're just such a, an odd case right now. Yeah. As are my Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we dropped to two and one after really a, a kind of dismal performance. AJ Green gets hurt in the second half, doesn't come back into the game. He's got, it looks like a hamstring injury, but uh, he says he thinks he'll be fine for this coming week against the Falcons. But the Bengals dropped 121 to, uh, 31-21 to on the road to the Carolina Panthers. And really the story here that stood out to me as a Bengals fan was the poor defensive line play against the run. Christian McCaffrey's a guy who you don't expect to be a between-the-tackles runner, and he was running the ball up the middle with – Absolutely no problems uh, yesterday against the the Bengals, and I just I couldn't believe that they were able to give up 184 yards to a guy that little. Uh, but McCaffrey looked great yesterday. The, the Panthers did exactly what they needed to do to beat this Bengals team, and the Bengals are exactly who we thought they were, to quote the late Denny Green. Uh, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this Bengals team rebounds. But Dan, obviously you guys are in a position now as a Browns fan that uh, you're in a position to kind of make a move here on the Bengals. They they go, you know, take on uh, Atlanta next week, and this is a game that they could easily lose. Dalton has four picks yesterday after throwing zero in the first two. Uh, I know you've got to be happy as a, an AFC North rival fan. Well, not just me being happy, but I think it, it's this is going to be one of the most interesting races in football. So, I mean, if you're just a football fan in general – I think this AFC North is going to be extremely interesting. I mean, depending on how Pittsburgh does tonight, I mean, Pittsburgh could be 0-2 and 1 uh, coming into this one. You know, you guys in Baltimore are going to scrap, and, and these teams always tend to split uh, their divisional games, and so this one is going to come down to the wire, and it's going to be really fun. Like I said, going to be one of the most fun races in football. Uh, I mean, at least as of this point, it's kind of the, the biggest toss-up between that uh, and probably the NFC North as well are your two divisions that are, you're just going to have a, a race to the end. Yeah, and she really the only bright spot in this one is Tyler Boyd, se- Boyd seems to have separated himself as a number two receiver in Cincinnati. John Ross had a horrible game once again. Uh, he had two plays that uh, really he could have made a play at the ball and, and, and kind of avoided the Dalton interception and and AJ Green was critical of that after the game which is you know not ideal so uh, Tyler Boyd ends up with 132 yards and a touchdown uh, but again this Bengals team not looking great I, I always look to you to console me after a loss aren't you is there anything that you could point to in this game as we watched it together you know as a bright spot for the Bengals I guess maybe their offensive line yeah I mean I would say that's that's one for sure um, I, I thought that you know only two sacks there given up or was it one one or two but you know the, the Panthers I know they scored 31 but really they had short fields they only get 377 yards on 66 plays so you know much less of a yards per play than the Bengals which is usually a good sign of offensive efficiency obviously but also explosive plays and you know you really were just overcoming the lack of Andy Dalton being able to protect the ball which is either good or bad, depending on how you look at that. Is it, It's good in that, you know, you don't expect Dalton to turn over the ball that much. It's bad because Dalton turned over the ball that much. So, you know, I, I thought that that, you know, when you see that kind of turnover differential, I generally think that there's a little bit of flukiness involved. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. The line going into the week was the Panthers minus three. We both agreed that we thought that the Panthers would win this game. I think it's just one of those that you sort of chalk up to a bad performance by your quarterback and move on. I don't, I don't think any differently about the Bengals really than I did before. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing because two and one is a nice place to be after these three weeks.
Celtics. Yeah, they need their defense to rebound. That was a terrible performance by the run defense. Um, but we did want to touch on the biggest injury news of the weekend. We've been kind of dancing around it here. And Jimmy Garoppolo, this was a team that a lot of people picked as a dark horse. We've talked about it before. Anshu and I both agreed that we did not believe in it. I, did, I believe Dan said the same. Uh, but Garoppolo goes down. It looks like he's got an ACL and potentially MCL tear. He's likely going to miss the entire season, which leaves C.J. Beathard at the helm. And we've seen what he's been able to do as a starting quarterback. So for this 49ers team, where do we go from here? Bring Tyrod to San Francisco. <laughs> I, I'm, I, on a serious, yeah, I mean, on a serious note, I think uh, the Browns should be making a phone call to the Niners right now, then seeing Great. what they would give them for for Tyrod. Should have done that when Josh Gordon was still on the market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would have been a nice package deal there for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're San Francisco, you cannot let uh, Beathard be your quarterback. I mean, especially a team that had playoff and Super Bowl aspirations. You have to figure something out, and people forget Tyrod Taylor is a playoff-caliber quarterback. Or maybe maybe not caliber, but playoff quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's been in the playoffs. Good he has point. played football in the playoffs before. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I mean, Garoppolo's looked pretty good so far this year up to that point. It's it's very disheartening for the San Francisco team. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's just, like, I don't think that they will be making that call to the Browns, honestly. I mean, I think it's a creative thought, uh, but I don't. You know, if the if they were two and one or three and zero, it'd be one thing. But they're one and two. They have to go to the Chargers next week. Then they go to Green Bay two weeks after that. Then the Rams. I mean, like, look, best case scenario, they're something like three and six or something heading into the final stretch. I just, I don't. I think that you just package it in. You pack it in and you say, we had Bathard last year. He actually had some good flashes under Kyle Shanahan and and uh, you know uh, John Lynch has said in the past that they liked Bathard quite a bit even when they traded for Garoppolo. Remember, they kept starting Bathard, which I know that makes some sense because the system, you know, knowledge. But I, I think they'll just go, they'll just roll with Bathard. They remember they spend a third pick on this guy, so it's not like they think he's complete trash. Um, you know, I do think they'll add a quarterback, no doubt about that. But I, I doubt it's like a starting caliber like Taylor. So uh, I think at this point, unfortunately for Niners fans, our buddy Mern, um, I think you just got to kind of roll with Bathard and see what you got, and, and then see what Jimmy comes back looking like next year. Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, you got the rookie quarterback, Josh Rosen, making his debut with an opportunity to beat the Bears after the Bears come back to take the lead against the Cardinals. Cardinals were up 14-3 to in this one, and they end up uh, not being able to get it done. Rosen really has two chances in the last couple minutes of this game. Cardinals go down. They're now 0-3 as well. The Bears 2-1 and look good. The Rams beat the Chargers. Uh, the Rams really looking like the best team in the NFC at this point in the season. They win this one 35 to 23 Seahawks get their first win at home 24, 13 over the Cowboys. And then the late game, the lions really putting a whooping on the Patriots. The Patriots never had a chance in this one. Uh, what do you make of the late games? Uh, Anshu, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, Josh Rosen, I know I'm a, an apologist, but that was a ridiculous situation where they put him in in the last four minutes of a game that their defense and their offense had choked away. Well, really, their offense, Sam Bradford, turns over the ball three straight possessions. Uh, that really was an unfair way to start. And I thought that Rosen still looked way better than Bradford, even in that limited time. I know he doesn't get the job done there at the end, but tough to put him in that spot with that offensive line against that Bears defense led by Khalil Mack or their line specifically. So that was a tough one. But, you know, I think the big story, maybe the entire day aside from Garoppolo is the Lions, like you said, just yes, working sir. the Patriots over. And Josh, you, you stepped up and called it last week. So kudos to you. I know we almost agree on that, got the Cardinals one too. Almost. Yeah, we had that. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, this is crazy. Just 26 to 10. That, like you said, it was never really that close. I think the Patriots, as we said last week, I think in three weeks, New England looks very different than they do right now. Uh, but to hold that team to 10 points after what they looked like against Sam Darnold is amazing to me. I'm, I'm very impressed with them. And I think that that NFC North, as Dan said, wide open right now. And uh, I wouldn't count the Lions out by any means of that. Yeah, the Patriots really reeling right now, and their lack of weapons is finally starting to catch up to them, I think. I mean, they're going to get Julian Edelman back, but they lose Burkhead again with what appeared to be a neck injury or a potential concussion. I, they, they said he went back to the locker room. So just another yeah. weapon that goes down. Gronkowski was pretty much held in check the entire game. Dan, where does the Patriots franchise go from here? I think a lot of it kind of hinges on whether Josh Gordon can be productive or not. And I know you feel like he's if, is good or better than Jerry Rice. <laughs> well, we'll save that. Uh, Never that living that down. Argument for a different time. Not the not the actual comparison I made, but uh, maybe we'll hash that out on, a, on pretty a, much on a different show. But if you're the Patriots, uh, you know, kind of how I mentioned that it doesn't look like Father Time is catching up to Drew Brees and the Saints. It does look like it's catching up to Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, a, a little bit to Tom Brady's credit, he still doesn't necessarily have the weapons he's had in years past. Uh, you know, Sonny Michel's just not really picking up the slack like a lot of people thought he would. Uh, and so that's pretty disappointing. I mean, he only, he only gets 50 yards rushing this week. Uh, but Brady just... You know he's he can't do it all by himself, but he's also getting to that age where it's just it's pretty tough to do it all by yourself. So um, I do think the Patriots are going to rebound. I do think that they're probably still going to win the division. I mean I can't imagine that Miami really continues this trend and and holds off uh, to win it. But stranger things have happened in the NFL. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely be watching that one closely. The AFC is as wide open as it's ever been, aside from really kind of the Chiefs looking uh, looking like they are unbeatable at this point. But we're gonna we're gonna be keeping an eye on the AFC. We'll be keeping an eye on Anchi's NFC too. There's a lot of good football yet to be played, and uh, a lot of things to work themselves out. So, uh, but I did want to kind of shift sports here as your boy Anchi, Tiger Woods. He appears to be very back. He wins the Tour Championship with an 11 under uh, 11 under score for. For the tournament, uh, 269, nice. Uh, but this is huge for Tiger Woods to close out the season. He looks to be back and, uh, you know, looking to next year. It, this guy could be in the running for a lot of the majors. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He is now the favorite in Vegas to win the Masters, which is obviously skewed because betters are going to bet Tiger. Also wild. But the fact that, right, the fact that that's the case is incredible. Like 17 months ago, this guy had spinal fusion surgery. He had spinal fusion surgery. Like the nerves in his back weren't firing. That is insane to me that this guy's still playing his 80th ever win, and uh, he was very emotional. The pictures of the crowd following him incredible. You know, this is in you know this tournament. It's only the top 30 players in the world in the FedEx Cup standing. So it's it's not like some you know random ass group of people. It's is really an impressive performance. And leading into the Ryder Cup, this guy is is absolutely on fire. So. Um, it's awesome, just awesome to see. I wish it wasn't on an NFL Sunday so we could have enjoyed it more, but uh, kudos to Tiger. I'm, I'm so pumped for next year. Especially on an NFL Sunday that we couldn't enjoy because our teams played so poorly. But uh, <laughs> the other side of this, when I'm looking at the scores, Phil Mickelson was 13 over in this tournament to finish dead last. I mean, you look at kind of the tale of two careers, and, and obviously that's not Mickelson's every, every uh, ch- tournament golf, but you know, Tiger Woods, he's, he's on the up and up, and Phil Mickelson appears to kind of be, uh, you know, 
getting things to move in the opposite direction. You know, Dan, anything yeah. to add here as, as Tiger gets this uh, tour championship victory? Yeah, I'll just point out, I mean, you guys both dancing around a little bit. You had mentioned that you, know, you wish you could have watched a little bit more of it because you were busy with NFL Sunday. So I think that Tiger maybe doesn't necessarily move the needle like he did 10, 15 years ago. I mean, if if he was coming if he was coming down the stretch, uh, he was coming down the stretch so in, in his prime, you would have flipped over and you would have turned football off. But like, no. No, no, but this tournament's generally not one people care as much about. But yeah. because he won it, they did, and and it's the ratings for golf day after a Sunday of the NFL. The ratings for his majors were absolutely insane. So that that is just a completely false statement. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, but the, out of the three of us, <laughs> none of us flipped over for football to watch it. Though. So there's, you know, I, I think there's a difference in. Uh, you know, casual. You're also saying that we they would never have. have. Yeah. yeah. What are you? What are you? Uh, it never would have happened. On that in his prime. No. I would have and kept an eye on the scores, but I would never have flipped over and stopped watching the Bengals under a game in the '90s. I will say next week when the Ryder Cup goes off, it, I guarantee you people will be flipping over, and that's that's just the nature of the tournament that he's playing in. So get out of here, Dan. I, I get where you're going with the point, Dan, but I I I, I can't in good faith agree with you and, and live with my own decision to do that wow a lot of a lot of hate on that take my apologies listen hey, oh, that's what we do this for i mean we want to <laughs> yeah. hear your pitch sometimes it's gonna suck but you got the pelicans yeah. right last year so it's, it's all good <laughs> hey he got the dolphins over the raiders let's not forget another uh, big I, feather in his we cap. did we did but uh, it is it is fun to see tiger back doing what he's done and i think we're kind of going off the rails here so let's get to oh, by the ways before this goes officially off the tracks Dan, what do you have? Uh, so a little bit of baseball news because we haven't really talked about it this show, but uh, Didi Gregorius torn cartilage in his wrist, uh, likely going to miss the playoffs. They're hopeful he can maybe come back if the Yankees make it that far. Uh, I don't necessarily think they will make it super far, but we'll save that for our, our playoff show. Um, and the other big one is uh, Xander Bogarts removed from yesterday's Indians game with left shoulder soreness pulled out in the middle of net bat. So not really a great thing to see uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, but a great thing to see if you're an Indians or Astros fan. So uh, keep an eye on those two big injuries going forward as we come into October here. Good call. And um, surprisingly, I will mention it since you did not. The Indians, uh, first team to have four 200 strikeout pitchers uh, in history. So that's a huge feat for your team, Dan, and uh, something to keep an eye on as we look toward the playoffs. Because, you know, obviously it's going to come down to starting pitching. A lot of times it does in the playoffs. And the Indians are in a good position right now as they get healthy. I'm going to use mine, though, on baseball as well. And uh, it's going to be around Hawk Harrelson. So he works his final game for the White Sox. He gets a standing ovation. Uh, Hawk's been doing it for a long, long time. He's got a lot of coined phrases that will continue to live uh, in the in the hearts of Chicago White Sox fan like fans like myself and Anshu. So I just wanted to uh, give uh, a nice little send off to Hawk because he's been doing it so long and he's been doing such a great job. And I'm going to miss that voice on you know those slow Saturday afternoons when the Sox are playing to to hear Hawk. Uh, so Anshu, what did you have for? Oh, by the way. Well said. Uh, and his send-off was super emotional. So, yeah, you know, not always the biggest favorite. Definitely a polarizing announcer, but uh, he's ours. So it's one of those things, you know. Yep. Um, I will bring up Earl Thomas. We did not really talk oh. about the Seattle Seahawks, but this is a guy who 
Um, you know, skipped practice a couple days this week. He comes out and basically goes, any little damn thing I have, a headache, anything like that, I'm not going to practice because, like, they've already showed that they aren't going to – they don't care about my, you know, well-being, so I need to protect myself. So, end of the day, you know, he, he cares about one. And then the Cowboys coaches came over to him in pregame and said, you're going to get traded to us tomorrow. And he thought that that was some kind of, like, mental warfare uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, this is going to be an ongoing thing throughout the season, as long as the Seahawks are even remotely close to contending. I assume the second they stop being close, they will trade him for whatever they can get. But it is uh, that is a, just a fascinating story with Thomas and Le'Veon Bell, who we didn't mention, also being bandied about in trade talks, or at least the Steelers are listening. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with those, those two guys. Also, Jimmy Butler. On the trade block. So oh, a lot man. of trade news yesterday. And it was funny. You saw Jason Garrett before the game in the tunnel, uh, you know, embrace with uh, Earl Thomas. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the Cowboys by the end of this season. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's, I think, a little more tricky. But uh, definitely all three of those guys, obviously two different sports, but all three of those guys, it's going to be interesting to see where they land because, you know, they're big, big names that could really change kind of the trajectory of a team for the near future and, and really into the into the longer future as well. Anything to add for the good of the group by either of you guys before we let our listeners get back to their Monday? Let's do I, it. I like it. He gone. <laughs> for Dan Bauer <laughs> and Anshu Kana, I'm Josh Dunn. This has been The Leftovers. We look forward to seeing you on Hump Day. Go Buccaneers.